Podcasting. Podcasting. I like it. Mm-hmm. What are we podcasting today? Since 8. Season 2, episode 3. Boom. Technically, yes. Technically, yeah. Yeah, this one is called Obligate Mutualisms, which yes. is just a fancy way of saying, like, hey. Codependent relationships. Yep. <laughs> Pretty much. Yes. Yeah, this is going to be a tricky one to talk about. I like this one, but it is also a very, very good plot-heavy BPO intermingled episodes so individual storylines are definitely blurred in this one mm-hmm. um what is this like the third time we've seen this episode i think yeah i think so actually compared to how much we've seen season one this is nothing <laughs> essentially yes. uh it kind of almost feels like watching something i haven't seen before in comparison it's true and i forgot quite how much f- focus is uh put onto some of the backstory it's it's cleared up basically a lot of it yeah. even though there's still more to uncover i'm still used to thinking of it like season one you know vaguely we don't know everything mm-hmm. but really there's a lot of groundwork there's a lot in of this information yeah. yeah for sure and it's it's delivered well too it's I not so. boring exposition well you know you got jonas in there and jonas is like exposition yeah. king so was jonas not in the last one i don't think so was no. he in the christmas special Yes. I didn't really think about it, but I noticed I don't that know. I they really acted like he had been a while. I think, you know what's really stupid is, I'm not sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, and we just watched the Christmas special, but a lot there's happens. There's a lot, yeah. What well, Will says to him something like, um, about how, or, or no, he's surprised that Will is still around. Yeah. Which seems to imply that they haven't really been able to talk since... The finale. So I think that might be Wait right. Wait a second. What? The last time you saw Jonas, I think actually was in the Christmas special, because he reached out to Will while Will was sneaking around in Whisper's mind and mm-hmm. watching um, Whispers with his daughter, and that's when yeah. uh, Jonas first explains the sense. blockers. But if that is the Christmas special, which I'm pretty sure it is, I could be wrong. Yeah, that is. Um, that's still like, I mean, the Christmas special takes place from like July, August, uh-huh. all the way up. That's that's New the Year's. beginning. Yeah. Yeah. So and it's so, like it's probably okay. been a while. It's been a while. Yeah. 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 Several, like half a year, probably. Yep. Yeah. So. Yeah, we figured it out. <laughs> There's a. It's so funny because like. I think it might also just be because we've seen season one so much, but season two is kind of just like this present that you have to keep unpacking because there's, at least to me, so much more plot because one has set up like, hey, this is how um, Mm -hmm. a cluster interacts with each other and how they kind of discover one another. And then season two is like, let's just blow that open into like a whole world of, of clusters and and the community so it's yeah um just like a lot more all at once well i don't currently remember all the details how it all fits together yeah especially with the even more information from the finale which we've only seen once yeah yeah so yeah no it just feels like i mean you you, you pretty much have the groundwork in you know generally how clusters interact with one another Mm -hmm. but then this season they're like but let's expand beyond that how do clusters interact with other clusters and yeah yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot of new information. And it's really cool because it's like it's just expanding on a really interesting world to begin with. But it's like we're on this journey with this cluster mm-hmm. as we discover like, oh, there's a lot more to it than we thought. So, yeah. Who do we want to start with? Um, Sun. Yeah. Yeah, Sun. Right. Let's start with Sun. Um, she is celebrating with everybody else after Whispers is, you know. They've kind of got an edge over whispers yeah. after the end of the last episode. Um, but her big thing is uh, she gets pulled out of her prison cell in the middle of sleeping by these guards. And her inmates look really concerned because obviously this is random and doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Like, she literally has not done anything wrong since she has been back in 
the same cell as these ladies, and she immediately goes to Nomi, who is, again, everybody's kind of like in the midst of celebration and feeling a little bit free because they at least have a temporary reprieve from whispers now that Will has, you know, kind of got him cornered, uh, which we'll talk about a little bit more uh, extensively Uh later. But uh, Nomi's about to head out and celebrate, and Sun essentially stops her and is like, I need help. I, I Can you, like, check the security? Because these guards are coming. And so uh, Nomi does it, and uh, Will is just like, this doesn't feel right. These guards, like, their clothes don't fit. None of this really adds up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, this room that you're, they're leading you into, the security cameras just went dead. So... Um, it's one of those things where it's like, oh shit, like she's gonna die. She's in a really bad situation. Yeah. These guards are going to kill her. So, um, it's a, a really scary moment where uh, the guards are trying to taser her, which they do, mm-hmm. and her getting tased, it's kind of similar to like Riley last season with the plastic bag with Will, except yeah. now they're all really connected. So, um, whenever she gets tased, it really affects people. But in particular, they, they show Nomi collapsing in her apartment they show a uh, coffee is on the bus which is like the worst yes. possible place to be by the way to get like tased or at least you know inadvertently tased because you're one person in your cluster is getting it mm-hmm. uh and then i believe they also show um kala in the middle of her work so again it's just like another emphasis of like hey these things affect people and it affects their individual mm-hmm. lives and their work um so it's really scary <laughs> And uh, they try to hang her, and she, like, uses that to her advantage to try and take out as many guards as she can. Mm-hmm. And it, it's a horrible scene where it's intercutting between her and the rest of the cluster. Yeah. Not only are they getting choked, but they're they're getting tased. Like, that's not looking good. Um, and then... Uh, they get her. They, they essentially... Uh, I mean, she's practically... She's not looking good. Uh, and yeah, then... We always see all of them at that Yes, you see Um, all of them being hung, and it's really horrible. And there's like a brief bit where she basically is unconscious, I think. Yeah. And you don't see all of them then, but you see like three or four of them, Mm -hmm. um, which is the most disturbing image, I think, because it basically looks like they're dead. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, lo and behold, one of her, the older lady inmate, whose name I didn't look up before Yeah, I'm not sure. Darn it. Sorry about that. We will do it next time because she's going to be in a couple more episodes. I apologize in advance. Um, she essentially, she followed the guards out and stabs one of them. Mm. And he's the one kind of holding up the rope that is hanging Sun. And that gives her enough, you know, slack essentially to breathe and kick some more ass. So it's intercut between her and Will um, pretty much taking on the two remaining guards. Yeah. Which she does successfully. She uses a very elaborate little move. Yeah, she uses this crazy ass <laughs> twisty move to break some dude's neck, and it's very impressive. And like, I was like, I don't know how they did that. It looks like a Black Widow move. I'm not gonna lie. Some just like her whole body, she uses her legs and and shit to just twist that dude. It's one of the most impressive uh, action scenes yeah. in this show, I think. Yeah, uh, it I helps think... that it's really uh, stressful because. Yes. It, it feels like it's going badly, but it's also just done really well considering it's just Sun and three other guys the whole time. Yeah, it's scary. Yeah. Um, I agree. <laughs> it's it's really scary because um, it, it, there's a thrill of this season of seeing them all together, but like their greatest strength of working together is also a huge weakness for all of them in terms yeah. of like if they're in danger now that they're all so connected it's like they're all in danger it's not like last season where it's just will choking because of riley getting you know her head in a plastic bag it's like no all eight of them are actually um could really kick the bucket now yeah i remember when we first watched season two mm-hmm. uh it was after watching like the christmas special and the first episode of proper season two and getting to this one it felt like this was the first real, um, really stressful bit. Yeah. Uh, that sort of was a reminder of how dangerous and stressful things can be for all the sensates. Mm-hmm. Because the Christmas special goes to some pretty dark places, but it also, overall, I think the effect is more of like a nice sentimental reminder of the new bond all our sensates have. Yeah. And then in the first proper episode of season two, well, there's a pretty major victory for all of them. So you definitely leave feeling sort of... You're kind of on a high. Yeah, like pumped about um, how well they're going to be doing. Mm -hmm. 
and uh, this is just uh, brings you back down to earth. This, you know, happens in right after what we're going to talk about next, probably um, about Will at the start of this episode. Yeah. So it even like sets it up to be a really, really positive before suddenly brought back to earth by the reality of like even regardless of the whole arc plot, like there are bits of their individual lives that are um, definitely they're still in peril. Yeah. Yeah. And for like Sun in particular, I think because at this moment, like Nomi is gonna feel safer because of what happens. Mm-hmm. It's like Sun does too, but in reality, Sun's current situation is still the same. Yeah. You know. Yeah, nothing has technically changed. Like yeah. her brother is still a huge threat to her. Um, yeah. So after, I I really love the conversation. Like right after she takes out the rest of the cards because her inmate friend is still there, and she's so sweet. She even goes so far as to be like, "Hey, I'll take the fall for this." Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm old. The only thing they can really do is extend my sentence, and that's not a huge threat to me. So, like, I can take the fall. And I'm just like, oh, what a great support system she has. You know, they're really looking out for her future. But it is one of those things where um, it's a really cool... The whole scene is constructed really well together just as a standalone, like, action sequence because they have to, you know, intercut Sun trying to fight off these guys and then the fallout of all the sensates you know, in their own locations, struggling mm. from the the effect of getting tased and hung. And then, you know, and then intercutting that with, like, them actually in the prison. And so it's a really cool moment where, um, you know, Sun is just kind of like, no, I'm fine, I'm fine, guys. And, like, it keeps cutting back to her, and it looks like she's by herself and talking to herself a lot. Um, so it's just kind of like, it's a really cool visual shorthand of being like, hey, we're all here to support yeah. you. And it goes and extends to, you know, when she decides to break out with her inmate friend, mm-hmm. um, is you have Leto and Coffeeus, like, go get the keys, uh, um, or, like, Coffeeus, I think, hands them off to Leto, and Leto goes, like, jailbreak, baby, and then he, like, throws it to Sun, <laughs> and she catches it, but then you see what is actually happening in reality is Sun has actually gone over and grabbed the keys, herself so it's one of those things that keeps popping up this season Mm -hmm. that we've talked about like in the christmas special at the very end with the fight sequence and then like the last episode where like will is in the room with whispers uh, while he's at that meeting with croom and it's just like it's just like a nice visual representation of like here's what they're seeing as sensei and what's like going on in their head but here's like quote-unquote the reality of what everybody else in the room is seeing so and, it's a really cool moment i really like that yeah and then really you know cool. you have leto do jailbreak baby and then son gets to say jailbreak baby <laughs> so that's always great yeah well then they, yeah they, they break out they get coffees to drive a bus yeah uh nomi in particular our friend bug help yes uh to get like a get clearance for the bus to leave yeah. and send it through to the prison and then you get Leto again to stall yeah so it, it's kind of nice because it's like a, a mini condensed version of like the finale yeah. of season one of like they're all tapping into help and they're all kind of taking up their jobs that they did before it's like quicker um, yeah it's, it's like a shorthand because they're getting version. better yeah yeah where the show uh, knows you get it and it yeah. just sort of moves from one to the next without before it was a little bit like Ooh, look, like someone else is here to help. Mm-hmm. I feel like it would just linger a bit more, like, this is exciting. But yeah. now it's kind of like business as usual. Like, yeah, exactly. Here they go. Um, I really do like how in this one, though, you have kind of like Will and Wolf again working together, mm-hmm. where um, <laughs> they're just like, we're going to go car shopping, yeah. you know? And uh, and it's really funny because Sun's explanation for things is like, sorry, and I get nervous, I talk to myself. <laughs> and then her inmate friend's like, how did you learn how to steal a car? because they have to ditch the bus essentially to avoid, you know, being found out mm-hmm. by uh, by all the cops in the city. And she's just like, oh, another life, you know? I like how a lot of them, they'll use these, depending on who they're talking to, it's mm-hmm. like different explanations or like sons of other lives, like a cultural thing. You could, you know, see someone believing uh, in Korea. And then like over in San Francisco, uh, Nomi and Amanita talk to Amanita's mom, and it's it's all like hippie-ish, you know. Yeah. Of course, other people, you know, it's a similar concept. Yeah, and then like, also with like Coffee, so he's yeah. like the spirit of Jean Claude. So. Just like they filter it through these different like lenses of who might believe 
what and and how to interpret these things, mm -hmm. which is fun. Yeah. Um, so they escape together, and they wind up at um, her inmate roommate has a friend that lives nearby, uh, and so she kind of houses them and then tells her own personal story of being like, yeah, I also went to jail, and it really sucked because uh, it is yet another case of uh, all the women in jail in this <laughs> series <laughs> are kind of there... Obviously, some of them did murder people, as evidenced by, you know, two of them, I think, out of her roommates poisoned both their husbands, and mm -hmm. the other one killed her dad while he was in his wheelchair down an elevator shaft. Mm -hmm. But it's all, like, stems from, uh, con like, issues that they've had with men. Yeah. So, like, this one, uh, her husband was a huge gambler and was in debt to some really dangerous people, and um, instead of figuring out a way to deal with it... Uh, to keep his family safe, he kind of had a bit of a meltdown, rightfully so, because these people sound really scary, and, you know, killed himself. And then that left his wife in mm. debt, and so she kind of got coerced into having to, like, smuggle drugs. Um, so it's like these things kind of have, they, they have an effect, because when women, like, the when they're taking on the responsibility of some of the, the sins of their family, it ends up, you know, falling on their shoulders. And it doesn't always seem to go well. But that doesn't mean that they're inherently criminal. I think Maybe show... the one that threw her dad <laughs> down the elevator. Yeah. Well, I you think know? more importantly than whether they uh, are good or bad people by definition. Yeah, there's The show this... just wants to emphasize that uh, pretty much everyone who ends up there, or pretty much everyone who does anything extreme and bad, uh, does it because of a complicated set of circumstances. Yeah. You know, there aren't... There aren't a lot of people that just decide to be evil, you know. Yeah. That's it, a core message. It also message. does a nice job of, like, fostering, like, a sense of trust in community. Yeah. Because um, they're like, well, we have to trust you because you're housing us. And she's like, don't worry, ladies. I got you. I've been to prison before, yeah, too. Yeah, So um, that is pretty much Sun's storyline, I believe. Um, yeah. And then the only, there's an... Again, like I said, they, they're kind of blurring now. Mm -hmm. But uh, Leto has a pretty distinct uh, yeah. one as well. He is also on the high of, you know, getting a victory over Whispers. Walks into his management team and is yeah. totally misreading the room, <laughs> I add. Where he's like, it's a beautiful day. I love this city. Aren't we just so thankful to all be here? And uh, they're like, yeah, Leto, uh, the it's studio great. backed <laughs> out. So you are not going to take on that role that you wanted. And he's like, we have a start date. They're like, yep. They're invoking the morality clause. Um, and so his management team does the, the kind of butters him up. And it was like, no, this is a good opportunity to look at other, you know, scripts and stuff that yeah. you normally wouldn't get to. And that's something that will be brought up again later. But uh, it's kind of very like he is, his career is already plummeting. It briefly seems like kind of okay, like, yeah. oh, your management team will try to yeah. help you work around this problem, but, you know, I don't remember how many episodes that lasts, yeah, but it doesn't last long. Yeah, not long, might we add. Um, so, yeah, so he he's kind of in the middle of trying to, you know, reestablish his life, like, kind of get his bearings in terms of his career and, like, his living situation. So there's a really funny moment where him, Hernando, and, and Danny are all, like, apartment shopping, uh, perusing. Mm -hmm. And uh, they uh, find this apartment, and uh, Hernando and Lito both love it, but it is, you know, it's too expensive for them. Lito seems like a difficult apartment shopper. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. Yeah, he would not be, he would not be good on House Hunters, but he would be great on House Hunters. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? Like he would be so entertaining. But um, him and Hernando play like a game of Spartacus, where they're like, "No, it's my fault. I didn't save enough money." so we couldn't afford this and no it's my fault I'm like oh it's really sweet because they're both trying to take the blame but the bottom line is they're both you know doing what makes them happy I like we learned that Hernando uh, could have had a better paying job yeah as a curator he, at a museum he wanted to to teach instead which pays less and that's a nice detail about Hernando but also I think probably indicates that 
Leto sort of agreed to help. I mean, help more Leto with... brings home the bacon. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's even he said was it. like, he's I like, will support you. Yeah, and and he, it's to the point where like Hernando's even like, I should have pulled my weight more. We know I didn't pull my weight enough for like the last place. Like, well, it's a nice fault. reflection on on the past season and. You know, the fact that Leto didn't just say, like, let's uh, date, and also you can't tell anyone about us or anything. Yeah. Like, he also, you could say, make, made some sacrifices, you know. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he bankrolled their lifestyle, yeah. for sure. Um, so they're both kind of anxious, and then Danny pops in, and she's, like, so excited. She's like, oh, my God, there's a tub. It could fit all of us. And, and then she's like, oh, my God, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to, like, presume. But, mm-hmm. you know, if I give up my apartment, like... The three of us could definitely afford this place, and it's a really, su- <laughs> it's a really sweet moment where Renata's like, ah, I mean, I think it's a sign. If the if the tub fits all of us, it's like this place should be ours. And I was like, that's a weird standard to have on your wish list. <laughs> Must have a tub that fits three people. But uh, it's a fun little like moving forward, a nice little win because uh, Lita's not gonna get a lot of that. Yeah. Um, in terms of his career so it's nice to get at least one thing in his life that has been appended like settled yeah uh, again with Danny coming in for the save but I think it's a their, their relationship is really the three of them have such a fascinating relationship to me because like they're very like kind of dependent on one another and uh-huh. I don't think they quite realize it but they work so well together and they kind of you know are such a good support system for one another um, I think they realized uh, as far as the career in Leto's deception mm. in season one, that having a trusting friend to help would be great. And yes. now they've also come to realize just personally that it's nice to have someone else. Have and back, yeah. then later on in this season, they will even find out that once again, in terms of his career, <laughs> Danny is very helpful. Danny's got it on lock, yeah. <laughs> Danny is someone you want in your corner. Yeah. I'm just saying. She's a... Uh, she at times always seems like she might be overstepping her boundaries mm-hmm. a little bit, but in the end, it's always kind of it's for the right reasons. And I like I said before, like uh, she's always the character that surprises me the most in how much I really enjoy her. Just mm-hmm. because at the beginning of the season, that is like uh, season one, I should yeah. say, that's not where I thought her character was going at all. So it's nice to see that she's still with him and still helping out. It helps to understand her as someone who probably just doesn't seem to have ever had a lot of friends or anything anyway yeah i mean she's even in the christmas special it was made obvious like her family situation is not yeah. awesome well at first it comes off like at the start of season one mm. oh you know she's like obsessed with them in a sort of fetishizing way yeah but i think you realize that or she realizes too she just doesn't really have any relationships like this yeah yeah i think she's just thrilled to have a family because hers kind of sucks mm-hmm. and so now that she's kind of got her own it's really nice so yeah uh that's what's going on with him mm-hmm. and we should just cover will yeah but we should maybe do wolfgang because he kind of has a solo storyline that's true yeah i mean the only ones that really don't are like nomi coffeeus and kala yeah they're kind of intermingled. They don't have, like, individual scenes in just their setting. But Wolfgang does. What's Wolfgang doing? Uh, Wolfgang is making some life choices, guys. Uh, and by Wolfgang, I mean Felix. Uh, Felix has a very fascinating outfit oh, yes, in he this does. episode. Uh, it's both fabulous and confusing. It's like five patterns at once. Yeah, you know. And, like, I feel like he's pulling it off, though. <laughs> you know what I mean? Only Felix can do these things. It's true. It's true. Uh, they are following up on their their promise to meet with Sebastian mm-hmm. uh, to draw up the paperwork to hand off the club to Felix who is still slightly in shock of like why why are you giving this to me? I run a key sh- like lock shop. I don't know the first thing about running a club but you know hey let's do it. But confident enough to demand the expensive alcohol from the shelf. I know. Yes. Uh, yeah so they, they go and meet him at his place as promised and he introduces them to <laughs> oh, the worst person in the world. Uh, Leela. Leela. Oh, my God. 
I hate her so Who, much. you can just tell that something is up. She's the worst. The instant you see her, I don't know, the music changes. I it's hate just, her. like, too much focus I on her. I hate her. I love this actress, by the way, because she got, like, I just hate this character so much. Uh, yeah, I just have a very distinct memory of the very first time we watched this episode. And literally, as soon as they start panning, like, from her feet upwards, I, like, had this horrible thing where I was like, I hate this character. Like, I hate her. She's gonna she's gonna mess something up. Something's going wrong. I don't like her. I don't trust her. She's a bad person. I just have this feeling. And you know what, guys? I was right. I was right all the way. And I'm still not over it. And anyway... Clearly, the framing of her was a success. Ah, oh, she's evil. Yes. But she is also there for a reason. She is kind of like the right hand of Sebastian. Mm-hmm. And, uh... You know, she's a very kind of classic, like, femme fatale looking figure. And uh, Wolfgang just and Felix are just like, oh, okay, that's a that's a woman right there. <laughs> and uh, Wolfgang, being the chiller of the two, kind of just like, all right, that's a thing, dismisses her. And then she freaking pops up, and you're like, oh, shit, she's a sensei. Mm-hmm. Um, and she is just gung-ho about seducing him. And... Uh, and she kind of is like, oh, you know, you can kind of fool around with other people in other clusters. Like, you can play outside of your cluster. You can interact with people outside of your cluster. And so they proceed to have, like, the weird, like the weirdest awkward, like, business meeting ever. Mm-hmm. Where um, they're, like, kind of doing, mi- like, literal mind games to each other. And uh, at the same time when Sebastian is explaining, like, his reasons for... Um, kind of joining forces with Wolf and, and and Felix and the long story short is it's hard between, to pay attention to I know it. but it is impressive because I think the scene is set up like that where like Sebastian is explaining yeah. during their business lunch like his plans and it kind of keeps fading in and out because Lila's like let me straddle you Wolfgang and you're like damn it lady anyway um, but then like Felix goes, I have no idea what this dude's talking about. Wolf, do you know what he's saying? He's like, yeah. And he like explains Let me explain. it. So you're like, oh, you still got it, Wolfgang. But the long story short is uh, Sebastian kind of helps run like a huge, like large international scale mon- money laundering yeah. operation. And he is concerned that uh, the four kingdoms of Berlin, if there is uh, interfighting amongst the gang, it will interfere with his business. So mm-hmm. he is trying to essentially work out a deal with Wolfgang so that doesn't have to happen where he can still, you know, live his lovely mm-hmm. money laundering lifestyle without having to worry about a bunch of gang wars. Um and Wolfgang says, you know, Yeah, let's sure. talk. We'll we'll figure <laughs> this out. Um so yeah, that's that's what's going on with him. But this this is a scene illustrates what we talked about before. Mm. Think about more advanced sensates sort of. Yes. You can tell the instant she's popping up that she is completely capable of doing like two different things at once. Yeah, she's she's doing her whole thing with Wolfgang. She is the ultimate multitasker. Yeah, while she's just sitting <laughs> casually over with everyone else. Yeah, and we haven't really seen our sensates do that kind of thing, but Wolfgang like actively gets better at it during this scene. He's a quick learner. And you know, she's like, "Didn't you know you can do stuff like this?" And he's sort of like, "What?" And just you know, well, Felix sees him reacting to her. Mm-hmm. Oh, really weirdly mm-hmm. but then later on when they're eating yeah, like he's he sitting normal. really still and normal and you know as you said he he's also managed to take in everything that uh fuchs is saying yeah so it's it's like it's cool because it introduces a new character and shows this confusing <laughs> plot vibe things that are happening that mm-hmm. are going to be very uh stressful in the future yes but at the same time this is kind of like useful yeah it's uh, also introducing uh, you to like more elements of the sensate world. Yes. Yeah. Power ups. The yes. Sensates. Yeah. We'll be good. You're leveling up, guys. <laughs> Ugh, she's the worst. She's really great, though, but she is a very, very bad person. She's just smug. Yeah. She's those smug characters mm-hmm. that get you. That damn smirk. Anywho, uh, like I said, no offense to the actress, she's doing a fantastic job. But Leela. Anyway, we should probably move on beyond my hatred of her um that's all wolfgang does right pretty much yeah and then like we said before like uh nomi doesn't really have an individual storyline uh neither does coffeeus or or akala really they're just kind of there to be mm-hmm. kind of like supporting players uh yeah 
and not in a bad way like obviously their support is a huge help like just saying but uh, yeah we can dive into will and riley if you'd like that's definitely the main story yes um and let's see it starts with will basically following up on the end of last episode mm-hmm. he's scared whispers yes and uh now they get to talk to him back in his protected fancy base interrogation room. sad little interrogation room yes mm-hmm. and um will basically realizes that someone else must be watching them talk and that it's probably the guy that mr. they just Kroom. found out yeah mr croom and um whispers doesn't think this is going to work but essentially they they use their hacking skills <laughs> to get whispers to say some things that they shouldn't know yes. about about him. Yeah. About his uh, parent mistress. Mr. Croom's yes. mistress. And yeah. also his uh his wife. Yeah, they're trying to essentially provoke Croom to come into yeah. the room because and they want to negotiate yeah. with him instead. He yeah. comes in the room. It's interesting because you really get the sense for the first time that um whispers is not the, the head end of the all, organization. Yeah, yeah. Head that you thought he was. Yeah. And the he even thinks he has more sway than he does because like he doesn't think will will be able to take charge of this conversation mm-hmm. but they get him to come in and yeah. as soon as he comes in the room um they get him to be on their side even more yeah they, yeah. they immediately start negotiating with him being like hey um we want to talk to you we want to yeah. have a meeting face to face and we want to get rid of whispers and whispers won't translate that part yeah so they just text, text his him phone. instead <laughs> yeah. and he's just like cool let's do it let's talk and then whispers is clearly against it and um groom is just like you know you're not as valuable as you think you are to whispers and he gets dragged away screaming that the chairman will the chairman will hear about this so that's another name drop that yeah. they've done a couple times with the chairman so again just kind of reestablishing like you are not at the top of the food chain so after uh they set up a meeting with Kroom. Uh he is going to meet Jonas but if you want to skip ahead and talk about Will actually meeting with Kroom. yes okay so what ends up happening is they he goes to a museum in Amsterdam I believe and uh, they are sitting at this really famous Rembrandt painting and it is weird to see that Hernando is not giving an art history lesson <laughs> and it is actually Mr. Kroom instead and he is talking about essentially like the evolution of senses how like we don't see or hear the same way that we used to and the example is kind of applied to the idea that you know there are certain pieces of artwork that people when it first came out they didn't like it or appreciate it and they thought it was rubbish and people who look at it now are viewing it differently yeah and uh he kind of gives a brief bpo history lesson of being like, well, Will, how much do you know about the organization? And Nomi chimes in, and it was like, you know, it was founded in the 60s by this lady named Ruth, and uh, Kroom goes to explain, like, yeah, the organization was based off of her idea about uh, obligate mutualisms, which is, like, homo sapiens, and, yeah, and homo sensorians are meant to live together, and we want to kind of, like, expand research together, and be mutually beneficial to one another yes and, and obviously they're like that, that doesn't <laughs> sound like bpo at all don't that know where you guys right. missed the mark on that one yeah and he explains that um they're like well what happened why did you know your ideology fundamentally change within the organization and he says that you know after 9-11 with the threat on terrorism sensates by like just who they are naturally they're a natural threat to security yeah and secrets. The organization apparently became more paranoid and yeah worried and mm-hmm. started targeting people yeah instead of trying to help them basically yeah. and so the the organization and this is something that is also emphasized with will's previous conversation with jonas is uh within bpo there are still us's and them. So there are still factions like Mr. Kroom who are trying to get it back to its original intended purpose when it was uh, set up in the 60s. Mm-hmm. And he is willing to meet with Will and the cluster and negotiate with them. He's like, you need to give me a little bit more time. We need to essentially kind of gear up our end so we can try making changes of the, the organization mm-hmm. from inside and kind of as like a truce with you guys 
uh, we're going to give Will these blocker pills. They're the same ones that Whisper uses, and that'll keep him off of your back. Yeah, I think this is really interesting mm. uh, and, and important for the previous scene, the start of the episode, because especially coming off the fear of Whispers that we get uh, near the end of season one, mm-hmm. and especially in the Christmas special, might feel like uh, he's losing too easily. Not, you know, something good is about to happen to him. But regardless of that, like, wow, it seemed like he was just a scary bad guy. Mm-hmm. But people are just dismissing him so easily. And it makes a lot more sense as soon as you know that this guy doesn't actually agree with Whispers, essentially. You know, yeah. that he, he wants to help the sensates. And there's just, before this, not any sort of indication or understanding that there could be people like that mm-hmm. in BPO. So... This is also, I think, watching this after the series finale uh, helps a lot because I didn't remember all of this exactly. Mm-hmm. But they managed to go through with some of this then, you know, essentially, and, and turn the organization to more of their liking. And it could seem very fast. And, of course, it still does a little bit because of the rush nature of this finale that they had to do. Mm-hmm. But seeing that actually, you know, this very early episode of season two, they're really sowing the seeds for this idea of um, there are lots of people in the organization that actually don't like what's been happening. Mm. And, you know, with the right small changes, like the power balance could shift, essentially. It's it's more precarious than you would think, right? essentially. Yeah. Yeah, it does a really nice job of um, immediately setting up the idea that Whispers is not as powerful as you think he is. It sort of makes him seem like the muscle. Yeah, yeah. he kind of he's kind of like the Darth Vader in A New Hope. Yeah. Where like he is ultimately like the main quote unquote villain, mm-hmm. but um, in context he kind of appears to be more like a lackey to a higher up bureaucratic person within yeah. the organization. Um, I love you, Darth Vader. By the way, no <laughs> offense, you're still very scary. But yeah, I mean, he 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 is kind of the muscle of the organization, and um, they do such an effective job of with just like this the end of last episode, seeing him actually genuinely scared for the first time, and then him immediately losing control of the situation with Will at the beginning of this episode. Yeah. Um, it does such a nice job of you almost getting. Com- and comfortable with the idea that Whispers is not a major threat. What's well, like half his power comes from the perception that he is in control. Exactly. Yeah. And so as soon as you think he's no longer in control, you're just like, oh yeah, he's not um, a huge threat to us anymore. We've gone ab- like above his head to but the of next course. person. <laughs> of course, that's not true. And I think that's why it's such a, a satisfying and terrifying shock because surprise murder at the museum um they do a nice job of setting that up too where when will's on his way over he walks by this lady who is you know painting uh and she stabby mcstabs croon and as soon as they've made their deal to be like hey or you're gonna get some help from the inside with bpo here are some blockers like give us some time we'll figure this out we'll get the organization turned around and we'll keep you guys safe and nope stab to the jugular <laughs> he is dead she fights will and as you pointed out when we were watching it it's just another really good example of what we've talked about earlier where will is somehow able to know that it is whispers yeah like, which which i realized is also exactly what happens in season one when um nomi is attacked by Niles zombie mr Bolger. Yeah. yeah uh although it you don't immediately connect those two things but of course yeah, how is it that she's able to see Whispers and, and Will can see him now because yeah. there's a little more complicated nuance going on to how other clusters interact than we've been explicitly told. Yeah, but it's it's scary um, because Whispers is essentially able to take over someone's body. Yeah. Uh, um, you're not sure if it's because like he's somehow connected to this person, but like the painter is clearly not a zombie. Or maybe she is. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's ambiguous. It's hard to say if she is supposed to be one of the zombies. Yeah, but either way, it's scary because it's like, oh, you had this mild sense of safety just for the briefest of moments. And then it's like, nope, he's back. He's uh, scary. And I think it's nice because they really follow through with the idea 
the threat that Jonas keeps making, saying, like, don't underestimate whispers. Yeah. Well, it's He's... the polar opposite of the first episode's ending. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's the one-two punch to really start the season. It's a very season. quick reversal. Like, look at all the triumphs we're going to be seeing, but also... Just kidding. <laughs> not. Not at all. And, um... Yes, it's a, it's very shocking. It is. And it scared me. It's like it scared me because like it's a shock because you're like oh shit like he's back in the power seat. Yeah. But it's also scary because you haven't seen anything like this before. I mean not since like Niles, but that has like a more of a build up. This one is just like an instant like oh here's a painter lady she's killing you, like it's scary about the possibility of like well who else does he have on tap mm-hmm. like who can yeah, I didn't I didn't notice this lady. Uh, Really? Why does he walk by her? Oh, he walks by her in the museum. She's just painting. But it's scary. Freaked me out. Yeah. Yep. Whispers is everywhere. This scary. is what I was talking about, too, about how all these episodes in season two seem like they have much more uh, extreme cliffhangers. Yes. Yeah. There's a lot more meat in each episode, so it's kind of it's kind of a lot. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah. But we should circle back to that other conversation we'll have. Yes. So in sort of that's sort of a big, all of them talking yeah. together thing. It's kind of you know it's part of the negotiation with uh, Kroom, you know before he meets his stabby McStab death, <laughs> where they're like uh, we want to meet Jonas. And so uh, he is directed to a Will is directed to a train station, and Riley is being cute and hovering from above, not literally, but she is there to keep an eye and watch his back. And he does meet with Jonas. Uh, Jonas has been moved to an even crappier facility than before. Still don't really know where he is, but he is uh, visiting Will, and Will keeps kind of pushing him, being like, hey, so why this train station? And, <laughs> and Jonas is all like, oh, you know, I, I don't know if they would really, you know, follow up on their word to leave us alone, so I picked a train station so you can get away and chance you get. Mm-hmm. And Will's like, yeah, but why this one, buddy? Because he's a great cop. And uh, Jonas kind of does a little bit more backstory about Angelica being like, hey, the first time I went to this train station, I met my cluster father. He was uh, a very happy old he was man. He's a very, <laughs> like, jolly dude. And he gave birth to, like, 80 sensates. Mm-hmm. So I think that's, like... 10 clusters my math right <laughs> yeah. boom um, but it's a again another thing that you didn't know about a sense8 is it does not matter which gender they are or how old they are they can give birth anytime and that is another reason aside from they're inherently a security threat because there's no way to really keep a secret as a sense8 um, there's also like a population problem that could happen mm-hmm. and so um, as he's explaining this to will it's very cute. All the sensates pop in, and they all have a variety of questions. Nomi wants to know more about, like, well, how many of us are there? Kala wants to know, like, the specific genetics that <laughs> handle, like, trigger markers for sensates. And, yeah. uh, and Riley's like, ask him about his cluster. And it's just kind of, these are all solid questions, and they're great that they are asked by the people that they're asked by. Mm. But Will's like, all right, get everybody. I know we have questions, but we got to focus. One bit of exposition at a time. Yes, exactly. And so... Um, so today he just talks about his clusters. Yeah. So he Jonas is the last one of his cluster. He talks about the first time he met Angelica, which is also at this train station. And uh, he explains, like, you know, hey, when she gave birth to her first cluster, uh, he only met one technically in person, and his name was Raul which is the guy that you saw last episode with Jonas traveling mm-hmm. to Sarah Patrell's house. And Lido and Lido's like, knows him. Oh shit, I know who Raul is. Like he is a, a famous like journalist reporter mm-hmm. who interviewed uh, Lido at the beginning of his career and they had a connection. Yes, a connection. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um and he essentially goes missing. Yeah. And so Angelica, that is kind of the catalyst for Angelica leaving to go to Chicago to look for him. And that's how she joined up with BPO um, and met up with Whispers. She was looking for her cluster like that she gave birth to. And it is also mentioned that there is one of the people born in her original cluster that she gave birth to. His name's Todd because, of course, his name is Todd. (laughs) Um, Didn't like being a sensei and had issues with it. Apparently, it seems to be religion-based yes. issues, possibly. Yep. He, he has a cross, I think. Yeah, he does. And he has, you can kind of briefly make out him saying, like, I just want to be normal. Yeah, and clearly he is having trouble fitting the sense of spiritual crisis into his, yes. his previous worldview. Yeah. 
Um, and so that is again another nice setup to hear some other characters. Here's kind of how a cluster functions when it's born. I, I and here is how Angelica hooked up with BPO. Yeah. It also strikes me uh, whenever I see this. Mm-hmm. It's the realization that this is probably how it's supposed to work with clusters. You know, they're supposed to uh, all get born and like their mother or father teaches them about being a sensei. Yeah. And you realize that that's why <laughs> things have been pretty stressful for our sensates mm-hmm. because she died. Yep. And I mean, Jonas wasn't able to have as much contact with him as you would be able to normally. Mm-hmm. But it must be so much easier if uh, someone literally says to you, like, this is what just happened to all of you, as you see them all in the forest. Let's all gather together yeah. and discuss it. Let's kumbaya, Yes, let's, let's learn. Yeah. <laughs> and Nature definitely... <laughs> a rockier experience for the main characters here. Yeah. But yeah, it's still a lot of good exposition. It's it's nice exposition. Some of the exposition, you know, in Sensate is a little um extraneous. I was just thinking like it's hard to get at first, you know, there are a lot of dreamy sequences. Yeah, it's a, a lot of those vague. in the Christmas special in the first episode here. Mm-hmm. This episode really comes in with a lot of hard facts about like BPO mm-hmm. and the other clusters they had mm-hmm. and all that stuff. It's helpful. Yeah. I'm trying to think what else we need to cover. I don't think there really is much. This is a very focused episode. Yes. When I was watching it, I was thinking, like, really, this feels like it's about, like, Will's trying to figure stuff out, and it's about Sun pretty heavily. Mm-hmm. Everyone else is very minor stories. Wolf, like, setting up Wolfgang a little bit. Yeah. yeah. But everybody mm-hmm. else is just kind of in the background. But, like, it's pretty laser-focused. I mean, like, it opens on Will, it closes on Will. Mm-hmm. And, like, the big extended stressful sequence is all sun. Mm-hmm. It really feels like, uh, well, it feels more like one of those season one episodes, I guess. Yeah, for Where, sure. despite the fact that they're all much more involved at any given time, uh, they're really taking turns. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Agreed. Do you have a, do we want to dive into our favorites? Yeah, yeah. All right, who is your MVP for this episode? I was going to give it to Sun for having such a stressful time mm-hmm. and for that crazy Black Widow leg kick thing. Yeah. Um, I just feel like she's earned it. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. I'm with you on that, buddy. Like, yes. <laughs> hands down. I'm sorry, if you can fight with your hands tied behind your back and a noose around your neck and win the day, yes. you get that MVP award. And right? for looking very cute when she is uh, checking on herself. Yes. Uh, as <laughs> technically Kala and Nomi. I'm like, are you okay? Are you <laughs> right? Oh my god, are you hurt? I'm fine. I'm fine, guys. Yeah, I would give it to her, definitely. Um, side characters, I, I feel like we got to give it to her. Her roommate. I was gonna like, say. I was gonna say Amanita at one point because like Amanita is so cool with like her date suddenly getting canceled because mm-hmm. Nomi and her are literally almost out the door to enjoy pasta, which is you know, just pasta is the best. Yeah. And she forwent pasta to save Sun because. Nomi's like, I think they're going to kill her. And she's like, the hell they are. Let's hop on our little computers and just hack the bejesus out of it to save her. But I'm still going to give it to lovely, lovely roommate inmate because... I think I will too, actually. We need to figure out her name again. Sorry about that. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they've explicitly said it. And if they have, they haven't said it a lot. I, yeah, I don't so know. So I've not caught it. They, I don't think they introduced themselves when Sun first met them. I don't... Yeah. I mean, I didn't know that her sewing buddy was uh, Sujin for, like, a while. Yeah. Uh, but anywho, we will look that up for next episode, for sure. But we gotta give it to her. I mean, she killed for our girl son, yeah. so... And there's not a lot of sidekick action in this. True. I mean, well, Jella does save the bus by, you know, while yeah. Kafias is losing his, his shit. So. And Felix wears that outfit. Oh, yeah, you're right. But, uh... But, I mean, did they kill for the sensate? No, no, they didn't. Which is not, by the way, the the... The requirements to win this award, I should say. Killing, we are not condoning killing. Well, obviously your favorite one-off uh, non-sidekick is, is Leela. Oh my god, um, she's the worst. <laughs> the worst! Who, yeah. who, who do you think? Oh, uh, for the one-off? It doesn't have to be a one-off. It's a bad name. I know, it's kind of hard because it doesn't Just really apply a to a lot of them. Yes. Um, not, a, not a special sensei friend. Right. Think. Let me think here. Um, I don't know. There's not that many. Not that many. No. The bug's good in this one. Bug is and, great um, in this one. 
You know, all that that Mr. Kroom gives us a lot of a nice exposition yeah, before he dies. Yeah, he's a good one. I think he is good. I think he's actually great, and he is literally a one-off character, which you get, is You get nice. a good sense of him um, truly being sincere, I guess. Yeah, I think it's hard to do because he has to convey that in one scene. Is like, let me give you exposition yeah. that's really important and set up for a later season. And I also have to convince you that BPO actually has like various factions yeah. and competing ideologies, and I'm on the side that you are on. Of course, it helps that he dies because that yeah. shows you that obviously he, was he is telling the truth. Yeah. But uh, still, I feel like you don't. You're not watching the scene thinking like, "Don't trust this guy, Will. It's yeah. all lies." Yeah. Agreed. Um, yeah. Let's give it to him. Yeah. He earned it. He Four got stabbed. For Mr. A lot of people got Kroom. stabbed in this episode. Mr. Three Names Kroom. Yeah. What's his name? Oh, gosh. It was... I have this in my notes from the last episode. His name is Richard Wilson Kroom. Richard Wilson Kroom. We hardly knew you. Yes. There he is. He's gone. <laughs> sad. Uh, favorite scene? My favorite scene? I don't know. It's... Um, I think it's the whole sequence of the jailbreak, honestly. Yeah, it's weird to call it the favorite scene. Yeah. It's very stressful. It's a sequence. It's the most powerful scene. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the most striking images, is the hanging. Mm-hmm. It's like, Scary. it's very dark. Mm-hmm. About as dark as Sensei it will go, because, as we've said, you know, they don't make a habit of killing people off a lot. So yeah. This is about as close as they're going to get. I also uh, w- would like to shout out that Dune Bay has really great comedic timing, <laughs> and I, I feel like that is not appreciated as much as it should be mm-hmm. but uh her like i said her whole ex- uh <laughs> reactions or justifications or excuses for how she's acting the way she's acting when she is interacting with a cluster in front of a human being <laughs> is mm-hmm. really funny to me <laughs> she's just kind of no nonsense like oh yes this thing this thing is happening yes i talk to myself it's fine <laughs> um yeah, I thought I'd say that whole sequence from like yeah. the, the creepy-ass potential hanging death scene all the way up through them getting into the apartment is really impressive. Um, and you're just very anxious for them. So I would give it to that. Good. Yeah. This is an efficient one. I know. Go us. Under an hour. So proud. All right. We should probably sign off. Okay. This has been Vicky. This is Camden. And we'll be talking to you guys later. Right. Bye. <laughs> If you guys liked our show, please let us know. You can rate and review us on Apple Podcast, and also feel free to contact us on our main website. That one is grumpyoctopusproductions.com. That I'll link you up to all of our social media. You can follow us on Twitter and or like us on Facebook, and you can reach out to us at our email account. That is grumpyoctopusproductions at gmail.com. I think we're sensing a bit of a trend here. (laughs) Um, Also on the website, you guys can check out all of our episode and production notes and fun little extras as well. So, as always, thanks for listening, loyal listeners. Alrighty, signing off.